Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. This month, we are talking all month about how to build better relationships. And we've talked about two points already this month. We, first, we talked about how the first step to in making any relationship better, improving any relationship, is working on yourself first. The second thing we talked about is how we need to be really honest, that loving honesty will actually build a mature relationship. Well, today we're going to talk about another one of these relationship issues that I'm sure all of you are really excited about, and that is conflict. How many of you here really enjoy conflict? Come on, what, there's somebody here. Okay, different question. How many of you here know somebody in your life that really enjoys conflict? Okay. How many of you see somebody in this room that you feel really enjoys conflict? How many of you are sitting next to... No. <laughs> and that's when the conflict started. Um, Conflict is part of relationships, isn't it? It's something that happens inevitably. And usually we tend to deal with conflict in one of two ways. And sometimes some of us are really talented and we can do it in both ways somehow. But we do it in either fight or flight mode, don't we? We get into an argument, we get into some sort of conflict and we start getting riled up and we either take on this persona of, I'm going to win this by being overpowering. Now, some of you do this in your own life, and you can see this, and some of you have seen other people do it. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it was your dad, maybe it was your mom, maybe it was just a friend of yours, maybe it's a boss, whatever it is. And But you've seen this happen, and maybe you've seen it happen in the mirror. But you enter into this conflict And you get riled up and you get annoyed and you get angry and you express that by saying, I'm going to deal with this, I'm going to win this one way or another. And you start getting really angry and you can feel your face getting warm and you can start feeling your heart pumping real fast and you start, your volume starts to increase. And some of you are having flashbacks to a parent. Some of you are having flashbacks to a parent. That when they got angry, you could see it. You could see the red moving up their face, and they started getting progressively louder and louder, didn't they? And they got loud and loud, and then they started saying things. And sometimes they were just normal things, but they were said very harshly in order to put you in your place. Or they were said, sometimes they were said, and they weren't good things that were said. They were said in order to put you in your place or to beat you down or get you to submit to their way of thinking and sometimes they progress so far that they were really hurtful and some of you have even had the experience where conflict has progressed so far that somebody actually got physically violent in order to win a conflict maybe maybe that was you maybe it was a parent maybe it was a spouse maybe it was a boss 
Maybe it was one of your siblings. But they got violent in that fight mode of conflict. Now, there are these massive spectrums on where we can land. Some of us just get angry and, and push. And sometimes it goes all the way to abuse. But that's one mode that we typically use when we enter into conflict. Others of us do kind of the opposite. And instead of pushing, we recoil. We fly away. We run away. We start getting really, really quiet. We're silent. And again, some of you have seen this happen. Maybe it was your mom. Maybe it was your dad. Maybe it was a boss, coworker, whatever it was. Maybe it's you. But you've seen this happen, or maybe you've done it, where somebody starts getting heated. Someone brings up a conflict. They don't even start getting riled up, but they bring up a conflict. And your natural response is either to say, okay, and just lay down, let them walk over you, or you just be quiet, sit there as long as you have to in order for them to get it over with, and then you leave and you don't say a thing. Sometimes you leave in the middle of it and you just give them the silent treatment. Some of you have been in the place where you have not talked to that person for days or weeks on end as your way of dealing with that conflict. Now, I'm not even going to ask if you guys understand this because I know you do. Because conflict is part of a relationship and it is heavy and it is hard. But I believe that we don't have to do one of those two things, that there is a better way of doing conflict, and that actually conflict is necessary. And it's important for us to understand that this is what we typically do, but it is not good and there is a better way. Those of us who have experienced, whether ourselves or somebody else, have been in that place where we've seen this violent or attacking, this fighting, this very forceful way of conflict, have seen how it presents a whole lot of resentment, creates barriers and divisions, it leads to mistrust, it creates anxiety around the whole idea of bringing up conflict. You've seen how those that look up to you, maybe it was your kids, maybe your employees, maybe just people in your life who look up to you as a, as a person of influence have started repeating that behavior. How every argument, every conflict is a win or lose. Somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. And you've seen how it leads to shame on both sides. Because it feels like every time you have to talk about something hard, one of you ends up being shamed, and then one of you leaves the argument feeling ashamed of how you behaved. Those that have experience with, with, the, with the flight, with the being silent, the, the quiet, the running away kind of thing. You've dealt with this in and seeing issues continue to build and build and build and build. One issue never gets resolved, and so that's laying there. And then it ends up growing. And then you throw another issue on top of it, and 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 then eventually, typically what happens is you end up with this much issue, 
and somebody comes in and says, just one wrong word and you explode. And everyone's left going, oh, I didn't think it was that big of a deal for me saying that thing. Well, it wasn't because they're responding to this much issue. And you leave all these conflicts feeling resentment, frustration with the other people in your relationship. You have this buildup. You end up having this, this is weird, but you end up having secondhand anxiety when you see somebody else in conflict. You can be watching a show and see people fighting and you start feeling uncomfortable because you have so much unresolved conflict in your life and have, are so personally uncomfortable with conflict that you start feeling anxious and fearful when you see somebody else in it. And all that ends up bleeding over into all your other relationships and all your other connections. And again, people that look up to you, your kids, or maybe your students, your employees, people at church that just look up to you. Sometimes they repeat your behavior and sometimes they swing the total opposite and say, I'm not going to be like mom or dad. I'm not going to be silent. I'm going to tell, tell it how it is. And you end up going into full fight mode. And sometimes you look at, I'm not going to be like dad or mom. I'm not going to be like that boss. I'm not going to be angry. And so you just avoid it entirely. And all that does is that creates more and more problems. It leads to not resolving any issues. It leads to more and more barriers between you and the other people in your relationships. And it ends up destroying the connections that you have. In Proverbs 27, verse 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. What does that mean? How many of you have ever sharpened a knife or an axe or lawnmower blade or something? Or are familiar with the process? You do not sharpen a knife with a piece of cotton. Right? You do not sharpen your lawnmower blade with a piece of wood. You do not Take a nice cashmere cloth and rub it over the axe blade to make the axe blade sharper. Right? It's got to be something just as hard as the axe or harder. And by rubbing it against the axe blade, against the knife blade, against the lawnmower blade, the friction that exists there starts breaking away all the little tiny bits that aren't supposed to be there whether it's the burrs on the blade or maybe it's the wrong angle on the blade, it ends up scraping away the stuff that's not supposed to be there so that it becomes a sharp blade and is able to cut. But you have to be able to sharpen it the right way because if you have those two sharp objects, two pieces of iron, and you're sharpening them and you do it the wrong way, you can actually do more damage to the blade than if you had just left it alone. And so my thought for you today is that we need healthy conflict. I think that's up there. We need healthy conflict to sharpen our relationships. We need healthy 
conflict to sharpen our relationships. Like two pieces of iron, so one person sharpens another. Great. So, I think, I think we get that. Okay, so, so if we have healthy conflict, then we can start scraping away the stuff in our lives that shouldn't be there so that our relationships become more effective, that our relationships stop, stop creating mess. You know, when you, when, you cut, when you try to cut a tomato with a dull knife, you end up just tearing it all to pieces, and it's really annoying. Sometimes you're, sometimes you're actually you're using a dull blade, and you're trying to cut through something, and you've got, you're pushing too hard, and it slips because you're pushing too hard, and you actually cut yourself. Has that ever happened to anybody? Those are the dangers that come from using a dull blade. It does more damage. But if you can sharpen the blade, like you can basically, again, like the tomato, if you've got a real sharp blade, you, don't even, you let the knife do the work and it just slices through cleanly. It doesn't do the damage. And if we have healthy conflict, then those parts of our life that need to be scraped away, refined, simplified, smooth, so that we can have better relationships start to take place. So what does, what does healthy conflict look like? What do I mean by healthy conflict? Well, first off, it is not fighting or running away. It is not fighting or running away. It is first dealing with it right away. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 says this. If your brother or sister, which is just Jesus' way of saying, other people in your life, if other people in your life sins, so they, they do something stupid, they do something wrong, they're treating you poorly, they're rude to you, or they've made some kind of blunder, or they, they've done something to hurt somebody else, and that bothers you, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they, if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now, what Jesus is saying there is that when an issue arises and conflicts arise from these kinds of issues, your very first thing to do is you need to go to them right away, privately, one-on-one. If that doesn't work, then you can go and you can get more people involved. You can get counselors, you can get friends, you can work through that stuff. But the very first thing you've got to do is you need to go to them right away. So many of our conflicts end up naturally being unhealthy because we ignore them for way too long. And so Jesus gives us that first direction on how to have healthy conflict, how to sharpen each other. And step one... Go to them right away. Number two, found in James chapter one, says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everybody taking notes? Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And so the second part of having healthy conflict is that you show up to listen and understand first, 
and then share. Show up to listen and understand and then share. And you need both of them. You can't show up just to listen and understand and not share, and you can't show up just to share. It says, first step, show up to listen and understand. When you enter into the conversation, you need to go to them and you need to have as your priority understanding the other person. Asking questions, not accusing them, but asking questions to figure out and understand what's going on, why they're doing the things, where are they coming from. So many of our conflicts escalate into unhealthy situations because we fill them with assumptions. But if we can go and we can ask questions and we genuinely want to understand the other person, that may resolve the conflict in and of itself. And so first, go to them. Second, seek to listen and understand, and then share. Third, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 24 says, No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. What does that mean? That does not mean that you need to enter into conflict or a relationship and take abuse for the benefit of somebody else. That is not what this is talking about. That is taking this verse out of context. and That is misrepresenting what it is saying. That is not what this is about. What it's saying about What it's talking about is in good relationships or relationships that are improving. You need to make sure that your heart in that relationship isn't how do I use this person to make my life better. It can't be how can I have conflict with this person so that I can win. As you enter into a conversation and deal with the conflict, deal with the roughness on the blades, you need to look at it and say, I am here for us and for them. Not about how I can win. Not about how I can gain more ground. Not how they, I can get more out of them. But how can I work in this conversation that they end up better that we end up better and if your heart's not there then you need to take take a step out of the conversation until you're there and then go back and have that conversation so go to them right away listen to understand and then share and number three focus on us Not me versus you. And then in Proverbs chapter 12, 15 to 18, it says this. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. An honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise 
brings healing. So the fourth thing is, very simply, we need to work on our communication skills. Healthy conflict becomes healthier and healthier when we work on our natural and intentional communication skills. Proverbs gives four verses right there with four practical pieces of advice, but it it really is getting at this heart of the issue that says, you know what, when you talk to other people, you can get better at how you talk to them. You can get better at how you listen and how the technique around listening and pulling information out of them and sharing. You can get better at being patient and how you communicate, how you share your thoughts, how you actually work through all the emotional baggage that you're carrying and how you can do it in a way that doesn't totally insult somebody and how you don't react to every insult that hits you. You can work on that stuff. There are tons of books out there on that stuff. But you've got to do the work. You've got to figure out how to communicate better. And so, yeah, you've got to go to them. Don't let it, don't let it fester. Go to them. You've got to listen to understand and then share. You've got to focus on us, not me versus you. And we just need to get better at our communication. Because we need healthy conflict to sharpen our relationships. Conflict is always going to be hard. Because it is almost always going to hurt. The process of having parts scraped off of you is painful. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel nice. It's rough. It's messy. This isn't, this isn't a sermon about how do you talk to somebody and deal with hard issues without getting upset. You're going to get upset. We're going to get upset. We're going to get hurt. That's going to end up happening. But it can be hurt that leads to proper healing. Like like having surgery when they've got to cut you open to remove a tumor. You've got to have that incision in order to get at it. Sometimes you break a bone and it heals wrong. And you've got to break the bone again to get it set right. Sometimes there is pain required in the process of proper healing. Conflict hurts. Scraping the stuff off that's not supposed to be there, it's in the wrong place, that hurts. It's hard. But if you do it, the result is a much sharper relationship. A much stronger relationship. A relationship that doesn't hide the issues. A relationship where you aren't afraid to talk about the issues. Where you're not totally building everything up and then blowing up at the last minute. A relationship that gives a proper example to your kids and those around you about what it means to live in a good relationship and work through the challenges. Conflict is something that 
I have made a priority in my life. And I'm still growing in it. I'm still trying to get better at it. I'm still trying to figure out these communication skills. And there are still moments where I'm in the middle of a conflict and I, everything in me, wants to just win. And I forget that I got to think about us and I got to think about the other person instead of just me. Sometimes that's in conversations with staff. Sometimes that's conversation with volunteers. Sometimes that's conversation with friends or family. Sometimes that's conversations with Heidi my wife. And a lot of those conversations hurt a lot. They're uncomfortable. They take so long. They are exhausting. But if you can allow the conflict to happen in healthy ways, you begin to learn things about yourself. You begin to realize the things that Jesus needs to work on you. You begin to see how the other person works and how you can better fit them. You start to notice and understand where they're coming from, where you're coming from, why you react the way you do and why they react the way they do to certain comments and certain situations. How their family history plays into it. And all of a sudden, you start to be able to actually work together to accommodate each other, to serve one another, to encourage and uphold one another how to fix different issues. And your relationship starts to grow. And the walls get torn down, and you get closer and closer, and there's more trust and more strength and more stability. But as long as you are either building walls through violence or building walls through running away, your relationships will slowly, and sl- will slowly erode. We need healthy conflict to sharpen our relationships. And you can do that by dealing with issues right away by listening to understand and then share, by focusing on us, not me versus you, and by getting better at how you communicate. My final thought is, many of you are here and think, okay, I get that. That's good stuff. That's valuable. But how do I get the other person to do it? And so I'll just remind you of what we talked about a couple weeks ago. The first step to improving any relationship is working on yourself. You can't control how they respond in conflict. You can only respond to how you respond and interact with conflict. And if you do that, then you are on your way. And the rest of it, you need to allow the Lord to do the work. Because the first step is working on yourself. 
and building healthy conflict in your own personal heart and life first. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Thank you.